Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. You keep those words in your mouth. You're blessed coming in and blessed going out. Amen. Um, this morning, I'm going to minister. Pastor Marcus ministered on Wednesday on um, taking your dominion. I had this whole message I was going to preach on taking. I'm like, yeah, I've got this message. Lord gave it to me. And, um, and then it got changed. But that's okay. <laughs> Because I know that when God speaks, he has something more for us. And so um, we're going to take this word this morning for all of us. Amen. Um, But he ministered on picking up the pace. He talked about taking dominion, right? And so um, what came to me this morning, well, if the Lord dropped in my heart, you know, because he's been talking about prosperity and picking up the pace in our prosperity um, and being doers. He talked about Wednesday night, it's the doing season. Well, every season is really should be, we should be in the doing, right? Where we're not just hearing the word. We're not just saying the word. We're doing the word. Because it's easy to hear the word. We just come to church, get all dressed. We get to come sit down and listen. It's easy to come to church and hear the word. Or we could just turn on a YouTube, right? We could turn on uh, Dufresne Ministries. I mean, that's easy to hear, right? And then sometimes even saying, like we can say, yes, I'm, I'm blessed. Yes, God meets all my needs. Thank you, Father, I am the healed, right? You can hear and say. Yeah. But if you don't do, if we don't do what God tells us to do, yeah. then it doesn't matter if we hear. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if we say. Yeah. Because God's waiting on a, our doing, yes. right? Yes. He's waiting for our faith. Well, yes. our faith isn't just hearing and saying. Yeah. There's a doing to it. Amen. The Bible says if, if, we, if we hear the word, but we don't do it, we deceive our own selves. Right. And I don't want to deceive myself thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm doing what God told me. Yeah, I got, I got it. Uh-huh. But all I'm doing is hearing and saying. Right. Yes. And I'm not doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's an easy place to fall into because sometimes we can think, well, I hear the word, I say the word, and we think we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an action mm-hmm. to doing. And it's the doing. I remember what Brother Hagen said. He said one of the most challenging, I'm I'm just going to kind of rephrase how he said it, thing to do is to actually do what I preach. Well, I would say that's probably true for every Christian because we all hear the things. We can say the right things and think, yeah, yeah, I'm in the plan of God. I'm doing, but there's a doing. There's an action step to that. And so today, uh, and Pastor Marcus mentioned, he talked about the doing, he talked about prosperity. And so this morning, I'd like you to open your Bibles to James 3.16, because before you can get into prosperity, you've got, we have to stay in the love of God. And oftentimes it can be easier to love our coworkers, people we see here and there, and then the challenge really for our love walk is in the home. Why? Because we know the person. Uh We know them inside and out. We see their faults. We see their strengths, their weaknesses, right? We see everything about them. We're with them every day, morning and night. And so this morning, the Lord wanted me to minister on the love of God. This is specifically for those who are married. However, because I'm going to direct it towards spouses, talking about spouses. However, 
if you're not married, maybe one day you will be. But you can, or even if, you know, you can apply this towards other people as well. Okay? Amen? So James, this is what the Lord said to me this morning when I woke up. Well, first let me say this. You can confess and call in all the money you want and believe God for it. Believe God to pay your bills. Believe God for the business. Believe God, you know, for your house or for the bills to be paid. But if you aren't walking, even for your healing. But if you're not walking in love, we've missed a step. Because love is the fuel to our faith. Mm -hmm. So this is what the Lord told me this morning. You can't take resentment with you into the future. You can't take resentment with you yeah. into the future and fulfill the plan of God. Yeah. Because in the plan of God, there is no resentment. Right. In the plan of God, there is no unforgiveness. Yeah. That's right. Praise the Lord. Walking in the plan of God requires us to walk in love. And we know about walking in love. But it requires us to think love, to speak love, and to do love. Right? Um, Resentment can form when you take something in and you don't deal with it. You got hurt by somebody, by something, and you take it in and you don't forgive that person. And you dwell on it, you think about it, talk about it, um, it becomes a part of your conversation. Even it could, it could even, I'd like to say this too, it could even become a part of just your thought life where you're thinking about it. You lay down, you're thinking about that person, what they did to you. And it's just constantly rolling over in your mind. And if you don't get rid of that resentment, it will eat you up. Yes, yes, right. And it'll turn into unforgiveness and bitterness. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be bitter. We just want to be better. (laughs) Heard that saying, right? We don't want to be bitter. We just want to be better. Bitterness will rob from us. Um, It will rob us of our health. It will rob us of our prosperity, of our wealth. Mm -hmm. It will rob us of peace of mind, which is so important to this life, (laughs) and a love-filled home. Because you could even have resentment in your heart towards somebody that's not living in your home. But it will come out in your home. Right. It will come out towards other people, right? right? I mean, we've all been through this. Yeah. I know I'm not the only one yeah. where, now maybe we, you didn't realize it, but you can have bitterness in your heart towards somebody or something. Even it could be an organization, a corporation. I mean, you can have bitterness in your heart towards politics or the news or a certain party. Right. Um, and if you, if we don't deal with that, then we could be talking to someone in our home and just like this anger comes out. What happens is there's a root of bitterness on the inside of us that we haven't dealt with. That bitterness, resentment, you know what I mean? And so, um, but a godly home is full of love. And our home should be full of love. And children 
should see examples of God's love in the home. Amen. And where, who are they going to see those examples from? The husband and the wife, right? They're going to see them from the husband and say the husband and the wife. So because they're not going to see, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to see the love of God out in the world. They're not going to see it out there. They're going to see people backbiting, talking about each other in the staff room, talking about the boss, how I didn't get this, and I don't know why they got the promotion and I didn't. You know, they're not going to see the love of God anywhere else. It's your job as a parent. It's my job as a parent. Does that mean we're always successful? No, we have missed it, right? <laughs> if you're married, the Bible says there is trouble in the flesh. So don't think, oh, you know, it's going to be like rainbows and unicorns. And, you know, there's going to be things you're going to have to deal with. Um, when you get married, you find out a lot of things. You think, oh, yeah, I found out a lot about them. Actually, you find out a lot about you. Where you are the one, where I am the one. Because, oh, I'm weak in this area. Oh, I'm weak in that area. Oh, I need to, I need to up my game in this area. Right? I need to, as Pastor Marcus mentioned, pick up the pace in this area. I need to be a doer because I'm failing in this area. Right? When you get married, these things you thought you were great at, you're like, what? Oh, man, because they start rubbing you the wrong way. Your flesh gets irritated. Your flesh gets annoyed. Your flesh doesn't maybe want to forgive every single time. Right? So your flesh is being tried <laughs> by that person or by, by, actually by your own your own stuff on the inside. But um, so what does that love look like? I am so glad you asked and you really want to know. So uh, first I want us to read the love chapter and we'll just all read this together. So open your Bibles. First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. So if you're ever uh, struggling in your love walk, struggling to think right, do right, speak right, um, act right. First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. And I'm going to start out in, um, in verse four, it says love. Are you there? First Corinthians 13, four. Okay. Love. I'm reading out of the King James suffers long. That means it's patient is kind love. Let me read out of the amplified cause it's really good in the amplified is neither envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. Love is God's love. This is God's love. This isn't a love that you have all by yourself. This isn't something you can do on your own. Well, we'll talk about that. But this is the God kind of love that's in you. Okay? Verse 5, love is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. This is the Amplified. It is not rude, unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights, its own way. It is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. Say, love never fails. Love never fails. When you choose love, you will never fail. 
When you choose to think love, act love, speak love, walk in love, you will never fail. You'll never fail in your life if you'll walk in love. And it's the God kind of love that's in you. Amen. You know, it's not something that you can do by yourself. People in the world that have not received Jesus, they do not know the love of God. They cannot access that love because it's not in them. The Bible says when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, into your life, that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. It's in your spirit. That love of God, the same love that God has for you, you now have in you for others. It's an unconditional love. It's a love that we have to tap into and access, right? It's in our spirit. So you've got his love in you. I have his love in me. I just have to yield to it and act it, right? So how can we, um, how can we have a godly home full of love? Number one. Okay, I've got four points, so you might want to write this down because, you know, you're going to need this. <laughs> and I'm going to need it too. <laughs> We're all going to need this. Number one, this is what the Lord gave me, <coughs> excuse me, this morning. Number one, think right about one another. Hallelujah. Think good thoughts about, now I'm talking about spouses, but if you're not married or whatever, you can, or if you are married, you can also use this towards other people. But I'm talking about spouses today because we're talking about love and marriage in a godly home. Think good thoughts about your spouse. When a bad thought comes it's an accusing thought where is that accusing thought coming from comes from the devil comes from the enemy the bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren so when when you have an accusing thought towards somebody towards your spouse we have to realize that's from the devil that is not from god that is not that even you could even say that's not even me what's he trying to do when he sends an accusing thought Always go to this. What is the devil trying to do? He's trying to divide you. He's trying to divide you from your spouse, from your family, from your health, from your wealth, from your peace, from a godly home. He's trying to divide all of those things from you, right? So when a thought comes and it's an accusing thought towards your spouse or towards someone else, number one, we have to think right. Now, an evil thought against your spouse is an evil thought against the plan of God. Did you hear me? Your spouse, once you're married, is the plan of God for your life. So those who are not married, think very carefully before you get married because once you marry that person, there's no... And here, let me tell you what the devil always tries to do. I mean with anybody I talk to. Once they get married, I don't know if I married the right one. Look, you're already married. You're married. They're the right one. They're it. They're it. Now, I'm not talking about if there's abuse, you know, obviously, or they leave. There's nothing you can do about those things. Now, if there's abuse, you can leave. You need to leave. If they leave you, okay, they chose to exit, right? Whether they leave by passing away or they leave because they don't want to be with you anymore, they left. So, okay, they're no longer, the plan of God still continues for your life, right? But otherwise, once you're married, that person's it. They're the plan of God for your life. So when an evil thought comes against them, 
The devil's trying to, he's sending an evil thought against the plan of God for your life. This is serious. We don't take it serious. I haven't taken it seriously. Where we think, well, it's just a bad, you know, I don't they don't do that. You know, no, that's an evil thought. That's an accusation against the plan of God. And the Bible says, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Because once you're married, that person becomes God's plan for your life. So we don't allow the enemy to sit. See, we don't allow the enemy to send thoughts against our prosperity. He tries to tell us you're poor. No, I'm rich. That's a thought against the plan of God. Tries to tell you you're sick. No, I'm healed. That's a thought against the plan of God. Well, your spouse is this. No, that's my spouse. God put us together. What God joined together, let no man divide. That's a thought against the plan of God. And I won't take it. See, you have, to t- you have to resist those thoughts, just like you resist thoughts of poverty, resist thoughts of lack, resist thoughts of sickness, symptoms. You resist thoughts of defeat and failure. You don't let those thoughts come and sit there and linger. You go, no, I'm not a failure. God's made me more than a conqueror. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. Everything my hands touch prospers, right? You know how to speak the word. Yeah. What, about, what about it when it comes towards your, your spouse? We have to cast those thoughts down, and that's what we do in other areas. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, are you there? says this, casting down imagine or arguments, uh, one version says imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's obeying Christ because now you're a Christian and all your thoughts are right. No, they're not right. The enemy will still send those fiery darts. Say fiery darts. And where do they go? Right here to your mind. That's how he works you. You know, we've heard of the battlefield of the mind. Yes, there is. That's the only place the enemy can work you. It's in your mind. If he can get your mind, he's got you. Right? That's where he can shoot his arrows. So we have to capture every thought. The Bible says to cast them down. Amen. So when I get a thought, I say, no, that's not my thought. You could even say, I cast that thought out. I cast it out. Banish it. Get out of me. Get out of this house. Get out of my life. I don't take that thought. And you can say that for if symptoms try and come, sickness, defeat, failure, poverty, lack. No, that's not my thought. I rebuke that thought. It has to get out. No, how dare you, devil, try to bring a thought against my spouse. That is the plan of God. He or she is the plan of God for my life. And I rebuke those thoughts in Jesus' name. So we cast those thoughts down. Why? We have to make sure we're thinking right about one another. Why? Because everything in love or out of love starts with a thought. Everything in love or out of love starts with a thought. Sometimes we can have thoughts and we don't say anything and we think we're in love. But did you know that you can have wrong thoughts? And if you're dwelling on them and you're agreeing with them, you don't have to say anything. You're still in strife. Yes. Amen. There's still strife. Yeah. That's good. Let, did I tell you to turn to James 3.16? Let's turn to James 3.16. I want you to see this verse. James 3.16. So when those thoughts come, we cast them down. We take our authority over those thoughts. No, that's not my thought. I love my spouse. 
They're a blessing to me. God's working in both of us to fulfill his plan. Amen. He's the plan of God for my life. Men, you say she's the plan of God for my life. Amen. We don't allow strife in. And even though we may not say something, if you're thinking it, you can have strife in your heart. Now, James 3.16 says this. Are you there? It says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, uh, I think, does the King James say strife? Yes. Yes. What does the King James say, Candy? For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. There you go. That's a great, I love the King James. Where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So you have to realize, what is the enemy trying to do when he brings strife between you and your spouse Mm -hmm. or in your home? He's trying to bring confusion, confusion to the plan of God, confusion and every evil work. It opens the door for the enemy to come in and bring confusion. We don't need confusion. And to bring every evil work in your home. So that's why we have to have a no strife zone. There is no strife in this house. So to start with, I'm going to make sure I think right about everybody. I'm going to think right about my spouse. If you don't want strife at work, start thinking right about your coworkers. Maybe they don't love the Lord. It doesn't matter. Give them the benefit. I'm just going to have mercy on them. They don't know Jesus. They don't know any other way. Right? Because right? I don't expect them to act like a Christian if they're not born again. No. That's just how they live. That's their normal. But that's not our normal. Right? Okay. First uh, Corinthians thirteen seven says, Love bears up under anything and everything that come. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. That's in the amplified. You can write that down. First Corinthians thirteen seven. Love believes the best of every person. Who is the accuser? The devil. Just because you get a thought doesn't mean it's yours. The enemy is sending those thoughts. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. Do not allow him to accuse and make accusations against your spouse. Don't allow him. Here's another thing. Don't allow him to use you to accuse. Don't allow him to use your mouth to accuse your spouse. What's he trying to do? He's trying to divide. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. He's trying to divide. And where there's strife, your faith isn't working. So then it it plugs up the prosperity, plugs up the healing, plugs up your peace, your joy, plugs up everything godly Uh when we get uh, out of love. You know, Brother Hagin said, one step out of love is a step out into sin. Praise the Lord. But we're, we're growing. This is what I want us to learn this morning. We're growing in love. Because yeah. I know there's areas I need to work on. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. But I know that I need to work on some areas. And I, this year, you know, as Pastor Marcus said, we're picking up the pace. He's, you know, Lord said, pressing into all that God has. I can't take all God has if I'm not walking in love towards my spouse. Right. If there's not love in the home, then we're missing it somewhere. So for the River Church, for us, God wants us to have godly homes full of love. And so there's some changes. The Lord was talking to me this morning. I'm like, write it down. He's like, get your notepad. I'm like, okay, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, you have have to have a good attitude. Yes, I'm going to write this down. And the first thing he said to me is you need to think right about your spouse. Amen. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Sometimes we think better of others than we do our own family. So show your family 
the same mercy you have for other people. You know, because we tend to have more mercy for our coworkers, for people we hardly ever see, and then the people we live with, there's no mercy for them. So we need to show, you know, because we have expectations and and da-da-da-da-da, right? So show the same mercy for them that you show for other people. How about this? Show the same mercy for them that God shows for you. God is quick to always forgive us to love on us. He doesn't hold anything over our head. Well, you know what you did last week, and now you did it again. Right. You know, what, what's that? You're holding things over people's head, keeping score. Right. Don't keep score. Well, I did this, now it's your turn to do this. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right, I did this, now you do this, now it's my turn, and I'll do this, but then you need to do this. No. Like you're constantly keeping score right. of what your spouse is doing. There is no keeping score. You know, when I grew up, I remember there was like this love counseling or whatever, and they're like, someone mentioned, or maybe it was on TV, you know, you give 50% when you're going to get married. You give 50%, and then they give 50%. Right, Tony, you've heard that. But no, it's like, no, you give 100%. You're going all out. I'm going to out-love you. Listen, your mind right now is going, what? I know, I know, because anytime you get a word from God, your mind wants to reject it. Listen to what I'm saying. Anytime we read the word, our mind, our spirit says, yes. But our mind goes, huh? Goes on tilt. What? That's what I said. Out love your spouse. I'm going to do everything I can to out love them. I'm giving 100%. There is no, okay, I gave my, because you know when you give 50, it's like, I gave my 50 and you're only bringing like 20 percent right well I don't know where you think that you can judge how you know the percentage that you're giving Uh right but if you will go give an all-out effort to love to show the love of God to show them that you love them well you're just gonna have a godly home okay but it starts with thinking right number two so number one think right number two prefer one another Romans 12 10 let's look at this scripture Romans 12 10 so we're talking about love in the home and out loving your spouse right and your mind goes how can I out love them but your spirit goes we can do it because the love of God is in us we can show them our love all the time amen because why God is love and God is in a home filled with love who do you think is in a home filled with strife The very love of God is his presence. When we get in strife, have you ever noticed all of a sudden you just feel so ucky? It's like everything's ucky. You just feel ucky. What is that? It's the presence of the devil. Anytime it happens to me, I just imagine him. He's like just standing in the corner (laughs) clapping. That's what I see. I do because I know, wait a minute, I just let strife in. I just allowed the enemy a foothold into my, I just let him into my house. True. Okay, number two, prefer one another. Romans 12.10 says this, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference, say giving preference to one another. That means we prefer that person over ourselves. You know, if there's a steak and a piece of chicken left, honey, which one do you want, right? I know Pastor Marcus would take the steak. Pastor Marcus is very good at preferring me. He'll always give me the best. He's a great example of that. It's true. He is, right? So that's something, hey, I'm going to be like, you know, and usually when you're married, you have one person who's really good at one thing and the other person who's maybe not so good. Yeah. 
but they're good at another thing, and that other person's not so good. So, but what can you do with that? Like, I see Pastor Marcus, and he'll, like, give me the best. He makes me the best sandwiches. Like, when it comes to food, he gives me the best. He's like, I gave you the best one. You know, if there's donuts, he'll give me the best, right? He always gives me the best, and I'm like, so I just take the best, right? I'm like, yeah, but as I'm talking and reading and studying, the Lord's talking to my heart. No, you need to show him the best. Give him the best, right? So you can learn from your spouse. What do they do? I need to do that, right? So prefer one another. Ask them, what do you want? Where do you want to go? What movie do you want to see? Husbands, don't get frustrated when you say, what restaurant do you want to go to? And the wife goes, I don't know. Well, we can go here. I don't care. You choose. And then the husband chooses. And she goes, I don't want to go there. Right? No. So women, know what you want and say, this is where I want to go. Or you can prefer and say, honey, let's go wherever you want to go tonight. Right? Prefer one another. Let them go first in line. Right? Come on. Let them go first. Think of them first. Amen. Joelle said, amen. (laughs) Think of them first. Now, listen. As we're talking, our spirit's getting excited. God's pleased. Our flesh is going, huh? Because the flesh never wants to let someone else go first. The flesh wants to be first. The flesh wants its own way. The flesh never wants to prefer someone else. The flesh is always thinking about itself. The flesh never thinks about other people. It doesn't. But God's love, God always thinks about others first. Amen. Amen. Think about this. How will this make them feel? If I say this, how will it make them feel? If I do this, how will it make them feel? What is that? It's others-minded. You're preferring them. You're thinking about them. Take time to slow down before you say something. Slow down before you do something. Amen. And think, how will this make them feel? Because love should care about how we make others feel. Sometimes we get so, it's got to say what's up, piece of my mind. <laughs> and they're like, you know, and then they come back at you. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, you're going back and forth. Praise the Lord. And um, we need to show them. We need to have, be others-minded. Love is others-minded. What can I do for them to out-love them, to show them that I love them? Number one, pray for your spouse. And don't be like, honey, let's pray. Lord, I ask you right now to help my husband, you know, and here you are praying in front of him, to be the man of God. That, yes, Lord, honey, you can be the man. You know, don't be praying in front of them. You go aside, Lord, and then pray for yourself. Most of all, pray for yourself. Lord, show me if I'm missing it. Lord, show, bring me higher in my love walk. Lord, show me. Holy Spirit, remind me of ways to prefer him, to do things for her, right? So, but women, that's our number one thing. Our number one calling as help meets is to pray for our husband. Pray for our husband. We, we heard that at camp meeting. Pray for your husband. If you're not praying for your husband, then you're missing out on your number one calling, women. That's our number one calling is to pray for our husbands. Amen. I love what Pastor Nancy, I think it was Pastor Nancy who preached on it. She said, your spouse is irritated, annoyed, They have things they're dealing with, all this pressure because they are the head of the house. So they're dealing with things and you're like, I don't know why they're so edgy. I don't know why they're so, they do this, they do that. Well, are you praying for them? Because they're the head. So they're facing all, everything as the head, all the pressures come to the head first. 
they're not coming to you as the wife. They're coming to the head. So for those who are planning to get married, pray for your spouse. Pray for your husband's women. That's your number one calling. Amen. Be the first. This is for all of us to apologize. Be the first to forgive. Be the first to have mercy on them. Be the first to love on them. Go kiss them. Hold their hand. Give them a hug. Amen. Prefer them. Show honor to them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Be the first. I remember one time I told Pastor Marcus, I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I, I'm so sorry. Please. He's like, no, 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 you can't be the first. I said, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me now. He's like, no, 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 you can't be the first. We both started laughing because we realized we want to be the first to apologize. We want to be the first to, why? You're yielding to the love of God. It's already in you. And you know when you do it, you don't always feel things, but when you yield to the love, you can feel the presence of God. And when you yield to strife, you can feel the presence of the enemy. Right? You can feel it. So number two, prefer one another. Number three, be kind to one another. Let's look at Ephesians 4. Praise the Lord. Are we learning something this morning? Amen. Are we growing in our love? We're, this is for us to grow in our love. Why? We grow in our love. Our faith works. Amen. Because we have things we're getting into this year. Come on. You have things you're believing God for this year. I know I do. Amen. So to, to move into those things, we have to make sure our faith is working. That means love is the fuel to our faith. Uh, Ephesians 4.22 says, put off. Concerning the former conversation, the old man. Come on, put off the old man. Put off those things you used to talk about, right? So we're talking about being kind. Number three, be kind to one another. In your words, but also in your attitude. You, like I said, you don't have to say anything sometimes. You can be like smiling and not saying a word, but your attitude can be stinky. And that's not being kind, right? So we want to be kind. So Paul is telling the Ephesians, put off the old man. Come on, when you got born again, the old you is dead. And that old man tries to rise up again, tries to have its own way, tries to think wrong about others. And Paul's saying here, put off the old man and be renewed, verse 23, in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The Amplify says, put on... Uh, the new nature created in God's image, godlike. You are godlike. God's love is in you. The new man, when you ask Jesus into your heart, the new nature, God's nature, was put on the inside of you. Yeah. What does that nature look like? Like God. Yeah. Looks like God, talks like God, acts like God, treats others like God would. Yeah. Yeah. Treats others like God would. That's the new nature. That old man tries to rise up. The old you tries to, the, the old ways of thinking, the old ways of speaking, the old ways of treating people how you used to treat them. But you've got to put that flesh down and say, no, remember we talked about, I cast those thoughts down. Nope, flesh, you're not going to go there. I'm a new creature in Christ. See, you're a new creature in Christ. The new you doesn't act like that. The new you is godlike. Say, the new me is godlike. That's what it says. Amen. Um, let's go down to verse 26. Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. So I have, Pastor Marcus and I have this, this deal, like we are not going to go to bed angry. Why? I got to keep the love of God flowing. If I go to bed angry, 
You open yourself up. I open myself up to bad dreams. I'm not kidding. You don't sleep good. You have bad thoughts. I mean, all, you've opened yourself up to the enemy if, you'll go, if you go to bed angry. Don't ever go to bed angry, whether it's with your spouse or with someone else. And if they're not there, there's nothing you can do. You just, you have, you forgive them in your heart. You repent. If there's something you need to repent of, like, you know, Pastor Marcus preached on Brother Hagin, be quick to forgive, quick to repent, quick to repent. Don't go to bed angry. I don't care at what cost. I will, if there's something going on, I'll tell Pastor Marcus, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I was wrong. I was wrong. Maybe you weren't wrong, but you know what? If you got in strife, you were wrong. Takes two to tango. Takes two to tango. And love will yield to the other person. Amen? So don't go to bed, married couples. Don't go to bed, even if you're single and you're thinking about somebody. Don't go to bed angry. Why? Verse 27 says, neither give place to the devil. When you go to bed angry, you give place to the devil. Amen. Now let's go uh, to verse 32. And be, be ye kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. Amen. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. The Amplified says, become useful, helpful, and kind to one another. Amen. Come on. Spouses, become useful, helpful, and kind to your spouses. Tender hearted compassionate, understanding, understanding men. The Bible says men tells husbands to live with their wives with understanding. I've heard many men, I don't get it. I don't understand. The Bible says live with them with understanding, right? You know, sometimes people will say, you know, they just talk, 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 or, you know, they're listening. I'm listening. But really when you're listening to someone talk, you're just, you're getting your ammo ready to shoot something out. You're really not listening. But if you'll listen to understand. That's what love does. I'm going to listen to you so I can understand you. I don't have, I'm not listening just to say I listen and then I'm going to shoot back my ammo at you. This is a big, this could become a big thing. Because a lot of times couples, yeah, we communicate, you're talking back and forth, but no one's really listening. We say we're listening, but we can listen with understanding. I want to listen to you so I understand where you're coming from. That's what love does. Doesn't that God do? To, isn't that what God does with us? He listens. Why? He, he loves us. He's not listening and shooting back an arrow. He's listening to understand us. So listen to understand. Amen? Now, as I'm preaching this, ministering through this, don't be like, okay, I know what I'm going to tell my husband. And you, don't forget, Pastor Lee said this. No, 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 no. This is our love walk. This is for us personally. Take care of your own backyard. Take care of your own stuff. God will deal with your spouse. It's not, I'm not my husband's, the Holy Spirit to Pastor Marcus. He's already got the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need me. Sometimes we try and step in as spouses to be the Holy Spirit. Tell them, you know what you're doing is wrong. You, know, you should be doing this. And I don't know why you did this. Okay, I'm not the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, it never works anyway. Been there, done that. So we're not the Holy Spirit. And when we hear a message on love, it's for us. Oh, man, so-and-so should have been here. No, 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 no. You're already off now. We're already off. And I'm telling you, I've, I've had thoughts like that too. It's just human nature. Oh, man, so-and-so should have been here. Man, I think I'm doing great in my love walk. Hmm. Well, if you think that, yes. 
then we're probably, you know, a one that needs to work on it more, right? So be kind to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, the Amplified says, loving-hearted, forgiving one another. I love what the Amplified says, readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. God forgives us readily and freely. So we ought to forgive one another readily and freely. Amen. Um, you know, kind, I'm talking about be kind to one another with your words. The Bible says it's our job to set a guard over our mouths. You can write this down, Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. Okay, this is for women. No, I'm just kidding. This is for all of us. <laughs> all of us need this, but women specifically. The Bible talks a lot in the Bible about women nagging and men being angry. Okay, so there could be tendencies for the women to nag, 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 nag. And, and men... Men can, you know, and, and it could go vice versa. You know, it could go the other way too. But these are areas that the Bible talks about. But here's telling everybody, guard your mouth. When you guard your mouth, you're preserving your lips, your life, I'm sorry. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. You know, often our flesh wants to retaliate. Someone says something mean to us, I want to say something mean back to you. Right? Come on. Uh, you hurt me, I hurt you. What is that? That's being carnal. That's not yielding to the love of God on the inside of us. That's what you hear the term carnal Christian. It's, it's you're allowing your flesh to rule you. You're going to be fleshy. You're going to allow it to dominate you. And we're talking about dominion, right? Pastors been talking about dominion. Guess what's supposed to have dominion? Your spirit, man, the real you inside of you, the love of God. The spirit has dominion over your flesh. So you're going to have to tell your flesh, no. You may want to say something so bad. You're like, no, I'm going to guard my mouth. No, I'm not going to retaliate. I'm going to walk in the love of God. The love of God's in me. I'm going to yield to the love. Kenneth Hagin said this, anytime you feel mistreated, you know the devil's working on you. Anytime you feel mistreated, you know the devil is working on you. Here's another one. The moment you start getting provoked, you're not far from sin. Deal with it immediately. The moment you start feeling provoked, you're not far from sin. Oh, I heard that and I'm like, oh. Deal with it immediately. Amen? How do we deal with it? We cast that thought down. We tell our flesh, no, you're not going to get provoked. Flesh, you calm down. I walk in the love of God. The love of God is on the inside of me and I'm going to yield to love. You, I'm not, you don't allow yourself to even get provoked. But when you start feeling it, said right there you're not far from sin amen strife enters the thought life comes through our thoughts and it's let out through the mouth yes. let's look at proverbs 17 14 proverbs 17 14 amen when you get there proverbs 17 14 says this the beginning of strife is like releasing water you know, when you release water, I just imagine like a dam, you know, like a, the, the dam up there, the, the lake. Once you release water, it's going to flow. Once strife comes, it's going to be like that dam of water just, just breaks forth, and it's like the releasing of water. What does that mean? You can't stop it. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. Don't allow contention to come in. You stop it right away, okay? So that's number three, be kind. Number four, encourage one another. Women, we are supposed to be our husband's number one cheerleaders, Amen. encouraging them, not discouraging them. 
Amen. I love Brother Hagen. He's such a great example of love. There was a man in their community. He wasn't, he, he was known to be, I think he was like something wrong with him. I don't want to say, but, and all these people were talking about him. And Brother Hagen said, he sure does have pretty eyes. Yes. What was he doing? He was only saying good things out of his mouth. First Thessalonians 5.11. Let's look at that. We're almost done. First Thessalonians 5.11. And number four, this is encourage one another. Husbands, encourage your wives. You're a good mother. You're doing such a great job. You know, they've been at home. Some of them have been at home all day with the kids. You're doing a great job, honey. Do you need a little break? Go get yourself a cup of coffee, right? <laughs> Sometimes they need that. Depends on what what season of life they're in with their kids. But 1 Thessalonians 5.11 in the Amplified says this, encourage, admonish, exhort one another, edify, strengthen, build up one another just as you are doing. Amen. We want to encourage one another. Women, you want to encourage your husband. You are doing a great job. Thank you for providing for us. I love you. You're doing a great job with the kids. You're such a godly father. I'm so proud of you for going to church. Thank you. Encouraging words. Use encouragement. We all need to be encouraged. We all need to be encouraged. You're doing such a great job. Encourage your spouse. I remember uh, years ago, we were at this women's meeting, and there was like, I don't know, there had to be a couple hundred at least. Brenda and I were there. And the pastor's wife got up, and I can't remember what she taught on, but she said, told one story, and I'll never forget it. Her husband was tall, red hair, blue eyes, and, and she said, you know, she was talking about marriage, that's all I remember. And she said, you know, he came home and, uh, or, or, or someone had said to her, I can't remember if someone came to her or said to him, boy, your husband sure does have pretty eyes, pretty blue eyes. And that kind of shook her. She's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a second. She's like, I'm the one. He should not hear that from anybody else but me. Or if he is, at least he knows I'm telling him that already at home. It's not the first time he heard it. Because, you know, our spouses, they're out there working. Man, women, whatever, whoever's working. And there's going to be people out there that are going to give them compliments. Yeah. Same with your kids. You know, are you encouraging your spouse? Because they could, are they, or are they going to work getting more encouragement at work than they are from you at home? Mm -hmm. And then they don't want to come home. That's not good. Right? So I'll never forget that story. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. Because, you know, maybe you're not, maybe it doesn't come naturally to you to exhort and to edify. Uh, affirmation, you know, the five love languages is a great book. We should get that for the back table. I love that book. The five love languages. One of them is um, affirming. You know, that's not my strong suit. I'm not the one's like, hey, you're doing a great job. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, man, Marcus, I just love your your big arms and, you know, I mean, like, I'm not like that kind of, you know, I mean, I do say, man, I love the way you cook, man, you make great food, but that's about it, right? I'm not the person who's like everything, I, you know, and there's some people, man, you, oh, you did such a great job. I mean, they, they've got this words of affirmation down, you know, and I'm like, man, I wish I was like that. Mine's more like I have the, the love language of serving. I'm going to clean my house. It's going to be spotless when my husband comes home. There you go. You know I love you because I sir, because I made this house clean, right? There's different love languages in this book. And it talks about how different people show their love. Um, and so that's, that's another one. But, but if you're not an affirmer, become one. Mm -hmm. Become one. You ought to be your husband or your wife's biggest cheerleader. Amen? Not someone at work. Not someone out there. Amen? Yeah. So encourage one another. And the last one, number five, celebrate your marriage. Mm 
celebrate your marriage often. Now, you know what I'm talking about celebration? Celebrate good times. Okay, no. Celebration. God designed, I'm talking about intimacy for the married couples. God designed intimacy. Amen? This is how God designed marrieds to celebrate their love through intimacy. And the enemy will try and come in and um, discourage, distract, whatever. He's going to come in and try and stop couples from celebrating their marriage. And he'll try and bring in strife. Have you ever noticed like when you're like going on vacation, maybe it's just me, you're like going on vacation, all of a sudden like strife breaks out. You're like, wait a minute, this is going to be the happiest time. You know, and all of a sudden strife breaks out. What's the enemy trying to do? He's trying to cause division. He's trying to bring in strife. He's trying to ruin your, your marriage, your fun time. The enemy always has a plan. We have to recognize we don't fight against flesh and blood. You may be fighting against your spouse, but that's the enemy trying to bring that strife in. That's the spirit of the enemy. That's the presence of the devil. And sometimes it's the flesh too. But celebrate your marriage often. Make time for one another. You know, women, you know, you're married and you always have this excuse, oh, I, I can't, honey. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about celebrations. Everybody understanding what I'm saying? Okay. There's no kids in here. I mean, I could say it, but you know, intimate, okay? And the wife said, I have a headache. I have a headache. Three, third night in a row. You got a headache three nights in a row? Okay, now you could have a headache, right? Maybe you need to take care of that headache, <laughs> okay? Do something because um, it's important to celebrate your marriage. It is, and this is only for married couples. God designed it. The Bible says in Matthew 19, 5, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Amen? Anytime your spouse, <laughs> anytime your spouse wants to celebrate, you need to say yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just true. Everybody write it down right now. <laughs> I mean, and there's, you should always say yes. And then lock your door. <laughs> because if you have kids, you need to lock the door. And that's just how it should be. Why? Because you are... <laughs> You're yielding to their preference. You're preferring them over your own self. And it's very important because the enemy can try and get in in that area. Now that is no joke. There's so many twisted, um, there's so much twisted thinking in that area, in the sexual area. You know, you can't even turn on TV and there's weird commercials. It's crazy. I, I, we had to get rid of it because the commercials are so bad. You don't even want your kids to see the commercials. It's so twisted. But marriage between a man and a woman and the time of them being intimate and celebrating together, that's not twisted. That's godly. And it's much needed. So celebrate often. Don't go for long periods of time without... This is from... Listen... You think I want to, this is what the Lord told me to say to you. The Lord told me this this morning. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> okay. So it's just for me too. Be affectionate towards one another in front of your children. Um, when you're by yourself in the car, hold hands. Um, hug, kiss, sit close. The things you used to do when you were dating. Don't let those slip. I have a pastor friend of mine and she would say, don't get sloppy, Melina. Don't get sloppy. In other words, like, you know, it's your anniversary and you don't go celebrate. That's sloppy. Don't, she'll tell me that's sloppy. You need to go celebrate. You need to, God celebrates. 
Love celebrates people. Love celebrates things. Amen? So celebrate your, your, your spouse. And when they come and try and kiss you or hug you, yeah, maybe they just got off work and they're all smelly. Don't be pushing them away. Oh, you stink. Oh, get away. All oh, your breath. You know, morning breath. You know, don't be saying those things. You keep pushing them away, eventually they won't come back. I mean, they could be there physically. They could be there physically, but pretty soon they'll stop, and then you're going to regret that you kept pushing them away. And then your kids are watching. God is watching. And how do you think that makes them feel when you push them away? That's probably does, it probably discourages your spouse. Amen? And usually one is more affectionate than another. Pastor Marcus is like the affection. He's like, oh, all over me. I'm like, ah. You know, everybody has one person. And the other persons, they may be a little bit more and maybe not as affectionate. And for us that aren't as affectionate, okay, I'm going to receive the affection. Be grateful that I have the affection. Love the affection. Because there's many people that don't have that. And it's an attribute of God. It's an attribute of God. He is an affectionate God. He loves us. And he made us um, to be in union together, to become one together for those that are married. So remember to celebrate often. That's what the Lord told me to say. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, love never fails. Amen. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart on the inside. Because your heart is your spirit. And God's love is on the inside of you. When you listen to your heart and slow down, man, we can have a home filled with the love of God. And guess what? When they're filled with the love of God, love always wins. So your home will always win. Whether it's in finances, prosperity, healing, deliverance, your home will always win because you have the love of God in you. Amen? So can we, can we recap what those were? Number one, think right. What's number two? Anybody write it down? Prefer one another. Number three, be kind to one another. Number four, encourage one another. And number five, celebrate your marriage. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I know we're growing in love. I'm growing in love. Are you all growing in love? Yeah, it's, I'm telling you. God has so much for us. Amen. Um, I just want to remind you tonight, Ter Terry Mize's wife, Dr. Mize's wife, Renee Mize, will be in Delano at 6 p.m. if you all want to go. Uh, Pastor Marcus and I are going. Sophia, you going with me? Sophia's gone. All right. So uh, we love you all. We will see you Wednesday. Don't forget, say love always wins. Love, always love never fails. I'm growing in my love. I choose the love way. Love is my victory. Love is your victory. Amen. That's the way to victory is to walk in love. Amen. All right. I love you all, and we'll see you on Wednesday.